Hello guys, and welcome back to Paint the Town Dead. I am one half of your host, Caitlin. And I am the second half, Andrew. It's so good to see you, Andrew. It's been a minute. Um, I will take most of the blame for that, per the usual. Um, I... What happened? I was on call. I, I got say, called I in a bunch. I don't remember what even happened. This I, like past week has been a real haze for me. I got called in a bunch um, last weekend. And then um, Monday, I had a work thing that night. Tuesday, I, I think I was on call. or No, Tuesday, I started my colon prep for my colonoscopy. And then Wednesday, I had my colonoscopy and was out of it. I can't remember what happened. Thir- oh, Thursday, you had something going on. Yeah, that's right. I did. And then Friday, I don't know, you had something. You had food poisoning. Uh, no, that that yeah. was I no. was sick. I was sick on Saturday, Saturday. but that wasn't going to happen anyway. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So, oh yeah, oh yeah. Because yeah. guess what? I I know you know, but just play along. I knew the day before. You did know. Let the people know you play. Okay, you. I'm engaged. Look at you. I'm engaged. I have a pretty ring. Me and John are going to get married. Isn't it pretty? Look at it. You haven't even seen it. I mean, I saw a picture, but yeah. Look how sparkly it is. It's a lot of sparkliness. Isn't it? I know. It's real pretty. It's real pretty. Also, it's a little big. <laughs> it's a. Little, it's kind of loose, so I'm going to have to go get it resized, but that's okay. It's still really pretty. You can just do stuff to like make your hands bigger. Oh, well, I'm already working on that, and I'd like to not. <laughs> so, <laughs> Fair enough. So let's. I don't want to do that. Samesies. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, it's been a fun weekend. So it's just, you know, life happens, uh, stuff happens. So, oh, well, we don't, yeah. get, we don't get paid for this. Like we say every week, we don't get paid for it. <laughs> we like doing it. We just, if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. And yeah, I, life stuff is more important generally. Yeah. You know, we don't, since it isn't a job, we don't, we don't like work around the life stuff very hard. We're not like, Oh, yeah. well, this thing might happen. So let's do it four days early. <laughs> like, yeah. First, like, ah. We'll just get it next week. So we're a week, be- we're a week behind, but you know what? We're, 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 get- we're there. We're it's going- not the first time. It- oh, I just burped. I'm sorry. It's not, and it won't be the, uh, probably won't be the last time. Almost certainly. In- yes. In fact, very definitely. But, uh, but yeah. So here we are. Uh, we're recording for you. We will get an episode out on time this week. Um, but oh well, if we in don't. a manner of speaking, I guess. But yeah, but oh well, oh well, if we don't, um, that's that's just how it is. Well, why don't you tell us uh, why we're here? We're here today to actually talk about not really Myrtleertle. Um, we're not really uh, painting the town super dead. There's no. This is actually a celebratory um, episode, if you can believe it. Do you know what it's about? Did you look ahead? Uh, yes, I did see the title. Ah, you jerk. Um, so it's actually a really cool story, uh, which is kind of a weird thing to say on this podcast. <laughs> um, and I just thought it was a really good story. And I was like, you know what? I want to tell it. And even on our list, it, it, when Andrew, I think, had added it. And next to it, it was like, not sure if this is the right podcast for it, but it sounds cool anyway. So I was like, let's do it. We're going to do this one. And that is the story... Of Bass Reeves? Bass. It is Bass? It is Bass. But how do you know? I've heard other people say it. Okay. Okay. Bass Reeves. I wasn't sure. And I couldn't find anything that had like Bass versus Bass. So Bass Reeves. Um, In my experience, people's names, it's Bass. Okay. Like Bass from uh, Mega Man. Nope. Or 
Bass from Dead or Alive. Nope. He's he's a wrestler. Oh, okay. But yeah. Okay, th- we'll those go with Bass. The only other ones I can think of are my dumb examples there. Okay, that's cool. Um, plus, the character of Bass Reeves will be highlighted in a new Netflix movie called The Harder They Fall, uh, which looks pretty cool. Um, has a great cast. Delroy Lindo, who you might know from Gone in 60 Seconds, Cider House Rules, Sahara. He was on an episode of This Is Us um, and The Good Fight, which is a newer show. He'll be playing the role of Bass Reeves. Um, he's a cool looking guy. Real, real chill looking. Although he doesn't look anything like Bass Reeves, but. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Uh, also, he's in like, there's a movie. Somebody's watching a movie about him in uh, the opening to the Watchmen TV series. Yes, I did. And we'll talk about that at the end of the episode. Uh, there's a lot of stuff. Um, but anyways, let's uh, let's get right into it. And let's talk about Bass Reeves. Um, so Bass Reeves was born July 1838 in Crawford County, Arkansas. He was unfortunately born into slavery and owned, I put in quotations because you can't really own another person, owned by William Steele Reeves, who was a farmer and Arkansas state legislator. Were you going to say something? You took a breath. I was just going to say, I mean, he was owned. Yeah. And that's messed up. Yeah. That's- but... I mean, yes, he was born in slavery and owned, uh, but it's it's messed up. It was a real problem for a long time. A long time. And the scars of it continue to this Still day in continue. many ways. Yes. Despite people's um, intentional naivete on the subject. 100%. Yes. Um, so Bass was named after his grandfather. And this is why I thought his name was Bass is because his grandfather's name, Bass, but it was B-A-S-S-E. Washington, and so that's what I thought it might be base. That could be like old different spellings, or maybe it's Basset. Basset, Washington. Yeah. Okay, but either way, Bass was named after his grandfather, Bass Washington, and he took the last name, Bass took the last name of his owner, as many slaves did at the time. So Bass Reeves, his owner was William Steele Reeves. A lot of slaves took their um, owner's, is it surname? Is that surname? Surname, yes. Yes. Um, when he was able to work as a kid, Bass was initially put to work as a water boy. Um, but when he was older, he was transitioned to work as a field hand. And in 1846, when Bass was about eight years old, William Reeves moved his home, his farming operations, and all of his enslaved people to Grayson County, Texas. Um, so as he grew up, Bass was, he grew into a very well-mannered, likable young man and was an impressive six foot two. So he was a big boy. William Reeves's son, George, would later make Bass into his valet, bodyguard, and personal companion. So they're pretty tight. Uh, George would follow in his father's footsteps and become a sheriff and legislator in Texas and was at one point the speaker of the Texas House of Representatives. But then, of course, the Civil War broke out. And, of course, Texas sided with the Confederacy. And George Reeves went to battle, and he brought along his ens- the enslaved Bass with him. Um, at some point during the war, and it's not really certain when, Bass would part ways with George. And one account said that they parted ways due to an altercation between the two of them during a card game. And it was said that Bass beat up George and then left. Like, they got into an altercation, Bass beat him up, and then, like, skedaddled out of there real fast. Another account said that Bass had heard a lot about the freeing of slaves in, like, the northern states, and he decided to take his chances, so he went on the run and fled the war in his master. But either way, Bass would end up in what is called, 
quote, Indian territory, which is Oklahoma, basically. Um, here, he took up with Seminole, Creek, and Cherokee tribes, and he learned a lot of their customs, a lot of their languages, and their tracking skills, and he just hung out there for a while. Um, while here, he also owned, honed his firearm skills, and while Bass himself stated he was, he was like, I'm just okay, uh, I'm just okay, he was routinely barred from competitive turkey shoots as he would just pretty much just blow everyone else out of the water. Like he was like, they're like, no, you, you, you can't compete bass. Why not? I'm just okay. No, because you're literally going to wipe the ground like with everybody else. Like everybody else wants to also have fun. Yeah, exactly. Give, give people, give other people a chance. So he was uh, pretty good at it. So um, in 1863, the Emancipation Proclamation was introduced by Abraham Lincoln, which stated that slaves were freed in Union states and would be all through the U.S. Like all slaves would be free as long as the Union won the war, which they did, by the way, in case anyone forgot, Union won the war um, and all slaves were freed. And that was in 1865. The Civil War ended, um, which I was confused. I I didn't realize that. I mean, that shows you how ignorant I am. Like, I didn't realize. I thought the Emancipation Proclamation and the ending of the Civil War coincided. They did oh, not. No. Um, yeah. So, like, when people will mm-hmm. say things like, oh, it wasn't about slavery, a lot of times they'll say, oh, the Union wasn't doing it to stop slavery, which they weren't to start with. Mm-hmm. It was to preserve the Union. Mm-hmm. The Confederacy was about slavery, yeah. by and large. Um, but, so, yeah, it wasn't until the Emancipation Proclamation that slavery ending slavery became a stated goal of the union yes and that's i mean pretty prominent and then of course two two whole years later is when the war ended and then all you know all the states were considered you know freed slave all, everybody all slaves were freed so i was like oh i didn't i was confused at one point and i was like I, I didn't even realize that i'm so stupid yeah it wasn't like we won the war and now check this out yeah because it was like hey all slaves in union states are free and as long as union wins the war everyone's free and that happened, just in case anyone forgot. Okay, so with this new ruling, Bass left the Indian Territory, Oklahoma, uh, which he had been staying in and as a fugitive, basically. So he made his way to Van Buren, Arkansas, which is like pretty much where he is from. I think Van Buren and Crawford County. Van Buren is in Crawford County, if I'm not mistaken. I think I read that. Double check my facts, Andrew. He's Googling right now. I know Crawford is in northwest Arkansas, so you're probably right. Okay. Are you checking it? I'm trying to. Okay. So he made his way to Van Buren, uh, where he purchased some land to farm and ranch. You looking at And yes, Van Buren's there. Okay. So that's kind of like where he grew up anyway, at least for the first bit of his life. Excuse me. So in 1864, Bass married Texas native Nellie Jenny, and the two immediately began a family on their farmstead. And they actually would end up over the course of some years, end up having 10 children together. 10 children. That's a lot of kids. Five boys and five girls. And I was like, oh, that's cute. Arguably 10 too many. Uh, Arguably so, yes. That was also when you were like, you you were breeding your workforce (laughs) to some extent. 100%. (laughs) And so then, of course, the 13th Amendment was passed in 1865 when the war was won and this freed all enslaved people, as we said before. So during the time on his farmstead, Bass would sometimes serve as a scout and guide to the U.S. deputy marshals as they went into Indian Territory on business for the Van Buren Federal Court, which had jurisdiction over the Indian Territory. 
So he kind of lived this life for a while, farming and then acting as a guide sometimes, until May of 1875, when the Federal Western District Court was moved to Fort Smith, Arkansas, which is like, we've been to Fort Smith a lot here, so we're back in Fort Smith. Yeah, it feels like it's been a while. Yeah. Seems like that was, a, that was, a, that was more of an early days yeah, location. It's been a minute since we've uh, been to Fort Smith, but we're back here again, this time in the distant past. Um, uh, so anyways, it was... Federal Western District Court was moved to Fort Smith, and Isaac Parker, which we all know, a.k.a. the Hanging Judge, was appointed federal judge for that area. And he was known to be kind of a strict guy. (laughs) Allegedly, he was hang-happy. I saw something saying that he was not as hanging as you would think, but I haven't looked into it enough to say one way or the other. Yeah, so allegedly, he was very hang-happy, and known as a very strict judge strict judge who was like bringing down the arm of the law in this area so uh, again i have we haven't done any episodes on isaac parker which we probably will in the future at some point because he's an interesting character um anyways so he's a very famous character um so at this time the area again was known as indian territory it was notoriously which i'm gonna say a lot in this episode i realized when i was writing this i say notorious a lot so i'm just gonna just bad writing for forewarning you get a source i should have then that would have sounded really stupid because you ever like you remember the episode of friends where joey gets a thesaurus <laughs> and it sounds so stupid caitlin I have a feeling you would do better than a comedy character who's <laughs> known for being stupid on a TV show. It's a, it's a hard maybe for this one. So at this time, the Indian Territory, aka Oklahoma, was notoriously lawless, full of thieves, thugs, murderers, and anyone else wishing to play fugitive. There was no federal or state jurisdiction, so it was easy to get away with a lot. And you just like ran over that way and it's like, ha, you can't get me. So uh, they're bringing law to this area. So Judge Parker's first move was to, again, bring law to the area. He appointed U.S. Marshal James F. Fagan as the head of 200 deputies he was instructed to hire. So he's like, so Parker was like, hey, you're in charge of 200 people, but you also have to hire them as your like assistant deputies, basically. So Fagan had heard of Bass and his familiarity with the area and the customs and the languages of the Native Americans in the territory. So he eventually recruited him to be one of the selected 200. So Bass became a U.S. deputy for the Western District of Arkansas. This move would make Bass Reeves the first black deputy to serve west of the Mississippi. So it's like, yeehaw, good, a man. Uh, so very, very exciting. Very cool thing, especially so close to like civil war, like, and he was just an enslaved person. You know what I mean? Like, that's pretty cool. Yeah. And I'm not sure about the timeline here. I bet reconstruction is not ended yet leading to Jim Crow and such. So yeah, no, it's 1870 something. Okay. Uh, when did reconstruction end? I don't know. know? (laughs) You're the one who's more of a historian than I am. (laughs) Um, Andrew Andrew's looking up real fast. 1877 is when it ended. Okay, so that's even pre-reconstruction. I mean, that's still this is 1875, 1875 ish. So it's right at the right at the bridge of it. Probably right how it, it happened, but I yeah. don't know. So Bass and his fellow deputies were tasked with cleaning up the lawless territory and to quote bring them in alive or dead, and that was per Judge Parker. <laughs> Um, Bass, along with his fellow lawmen, covered around 75,000 square miles in Oklahoma, and this area was the largest federally manned area in the nation. 
Bass would travel with other historical lawmen, um, Heck Thomas, one of the most tough and effective lawmen of the West. Best name, too. Great name. Bud Ledbetter, also a good name. He was another Arkansas native known for being a tough fighter and renowned for his gunfighting skills. It rhymes too much with bedwetter. I think that's a problem. <laughs> it sure does. Bill Tilgman? Til- it might be a silent G-H. It's T-I-L-G-H-M-A-N. Tillman? Tilgman? I have no answers for you on this one. Yeah, I don't know. It's a guess. He was a notoriously tough lawman, gunfighter, and politician in Kansas. And Bill, along with Heck Thomas and another lawman, were known as the Three Guardsmen. Um, they were known, when they all got together, it was like, watch out. Sometimes Bud would come with them, and then they would be the Four Guardsmen. So all them together were like t- a tough crew. You did not want to be an outlaw who encountered them because you would be coming in dead or alive. So um, that was a big, tough crew that Bass was associated with. <clears throat> So when these deputies would go out on a mission into the territory, they would typically bring with them a wagon, a cook, and a Native American posseman. They would leave from Fort Smith and travel to places like Fort Reno, Fort Sill, and Anadarko, which are all in Oklahoma. Round trip, this would be over 800 miles. So that's crazy to think about that, like in a hard wooden rickety wagon with horses and and out on the road and you know you think about being in indian territory and how dangerous it was but i guess it was probably good that bass had some rapport with folks in the area and it's also a good thing they brought a cook that's true very true it seems like a cook was an important part of the the, the wagon crew which is kind of funny but i guess they ensured that your meat was cooked and your water was clean so that's important um so be, because bass could not read or write before he headed out he would have someone read him the warrants that he possessed, memorize the contents and which was which, and he like never got it wrong either. Like he always presented the right warrant to the right person and, and all that. So I was like, good for him. That's pretty cool. And just imagine this. You're a fugitive on the run in native territory and uprides this six foot two man on a large white stallion, which is what Bass was always known to ride with a large hat and a crisp deputy suit with his badge gleaming in the sunlight. And this was described as what greeted fugitives that met their fate with Bass. So like this intimidating big man on this big horse. And he's like, you, you can come in the hard way or the easy way, but either way you're coming in basically. So, he, but he was described as polite and courteous. He was known to take, uh, he, he was known to take a disguise or two in an alias when the occasion called for it. So, like, sometimes he would present himself as a cowboy, a farmer, a gunslinger, or even an outlaw. And he always wore two Colt pistols, but Ford for fast draws, what it said. Uh, he was also ambidextrous, and, like, so he could shoot perfectly with either hand, basically. And he stood out for his accurate and deadly aim. So even, I mean, his from when he did the turkey hunts to even later, I mean, his aim was just spot on. And it was said that Bass would leave out of Fort Smith with a pocket full of warrants and return a few months later with just a herd of outlaws in tow. And he was always be paid well. He would spend time with his family for a while and then set out on another mission to go capture more outlaws, which is like so like old West, just a good old lawman. It sounds like the old West of movies rather than of history. Yes, it's really it does. boring. Yes, I mean, it sounds like movies. Well, not boring, but... Yes, but it does sound like the movies, for sure. 
So many tales followed Bass in his time's allotment. And I'm going to tell you a couple of them now. There, Some of them are kind of like this first one's kind of lengthy, but it's, it's fun. So one story states that Bass was pursuing two outlaws in the Red River Valley near the Texas border. He said to have gathered a posse and set up camp about 28 miles from where the two outlaws were said to be hiding with their mother. After studying the terrain and making a plan, Bass disguised himself as what they called a tramp and hid his cuffs, pistol, and badge underneath his clothes and then set out to confront the men at their mother's home. So when he showed up at the house, he was just adorned in these old tattered clothes and shoes. He was carrying a cane. He had this big floppy hat on that had three bullet holes in it. And the woman of the house, she answered Bass's knocks He told the woman he was in pain and his feet were aching after being pursued relentlessly by a posse that put three bullets through his hat. So after asking for a bite to eat and some shelter, the woman invited him in and gave him food. And while he was eating, the woman regaled Bass with the story of her two outlaw sons who were on the run and that they all three should go ahead and join forces. So Bass did not see any signs of the men, so he feigned weariness, and the woman allowed him to stay and rest. As the sun was setting, he heard a loud whistle from beyond the house somewhere. Shortly after that, the woman went outside and responded with her own whistle. And not long after that, two riders rode up to the house, and the woman talked at length with the men outside. Then the three of them came inside, and the woman introduced her sons to Bass, And after discussing their various crimes together, the three decided, yeah, it's a good idea. Let's all join up. So when night fell, the three men bunked down in the same room. But Bass like feigned sleep, but he like stayed alert as he watched the other two men drift asleep. And when they entered deep slumber, Bass got up and handcuffed the men without waking them. And when dawn approached, he kicked them awake and marched them out of the house. And the woman, their mom followed Bass and her sons for the third first three miles of their trek and she was like cursing out bass and yelling at him and like give me my kids back but bass marched the men the 28 miles back to his camp where the posse greeted him and when the outlaws were delivered bass collected the five thousand dollar reward which i did look up and it's over a hundred thousand dollars in 2021 money it's pretty impressive um that's gotta suck if you're those outlaws you're like Man, we yeah. got a new guy. We're going to be yeah. unstoppable. We're going to be the best trio of outlaws the exactly. world's ever heard of. And then the next day, you're just like, wait. Ooh, I trusted the wrong guy. But that just shows you how convincing he was in any role that he played, whether it be a big, tough lawman or just a little beggar guy who was just down on his luck, you know, just looking to form a posse with some folks. I mean, it, it just, I thought that was a, a funny story. So another high point of Bass's career was apprehending a notorious outlaw named Bob Dozier, who was a prolific farmer turned criminal. And everybody, like I read a little blip on him, I was like, they don't know why he became a criminal because his farm did really well. It's just he wanted to be a criminal. That was that was it. So he was known as a jack of all trades when it came to committing crimes as they covered a wide range of crimes, including horse theft, holding up banks, robbing stores and stagecoaches, land swindles which i tried to google and google's like i don't know what you're talking about so i'm thinking it's like where you, like you like say you have the deed to a p- parcel of land and you sell them the deed but it's not actually parcel land and then you steal their money that seems like that would make sense yeah it feels like it'd be a lot easier to forge documents back then yeah yeah i saw a thing called a swamp swindle and that's what happens in florida people so like here's a great piece of florida land and it's in an uninhabitable swamp uninhabitable swamp area in florida 
and then they take your money. You say unha- uninhabitable. <laughs> Cajuns call that sort of land home. home. <laughs> uh, no. And or Creole, whichever one. Yeah. So, um, oh, and murder. He also murdered people. Um, Bob Dosher did. Oh, probably should have led with that one. Yeah, yeah. Caitlin. He was a murderer too. Uh, because he was unpredictable, he was also hard to apprehend because of that. So many lawmen did try but were unsuccessful until Bass, of course. So Dozier eluded capture for many months until lawmen tracked him into the Cherokee Nation territory. After refusing surrender, Bass killed Bob Dozier in an accompanying gunfight on December 20th, 1878 and ended the reign of the notorious Bob Dozier. So in the midst of Bass's prolific career, he faced his own charges of murder. In 1887, Bass was charged with murdering one of the posse cooks. He faced the severe hanging judge himself, Judge Isaac Parker. And the story was that they had like all been sitting around and Bass was cleaning his weapon when it accidentally discharged and killed the cook. Bass was represented by a well-known attorney, U.S. Attorney W.H.H. Clayton, who was a colleague and a friend In the end, likely because of his stellar track record and his friendship with a judge, Bass was acquitted of the crime. Which, I mean, it also could have been because he was actually innocent. That is possible. But also it doesn't help. It kind of helps that you're BFF with everybody in that area. So in 1889, possibly 1893, I think it might be 1893. I found two different dates. I'm leaning probably towards 1893 because I saw it on two different things. Bass was assigned to Paris, Texas, where he went after a notorious Tom, the notorious Tom Story gang. They were a gang of horse thieves. He waited along the route that the band of thieves were known to frequent and surprised Tom Story with an arrest warrant. The outlaw panicked and drew his gun, but Bass, being the exceptional marksman he was, got to his gun first and just shot the man dead right there. Right, shot the man dead right there. The rest of the gang disbanded. And they were never a problem again. I guess it happens when you see your leader get shot down right there. They're like, mm, I'm going to rethink this life of crime, I think. This horse thieving's no good. Especially when Bass Reeves is on your trail. Yeah. So in 1890, Bass arrested a notorious Seminole outlaw named Greenleaf, who had murdered seven people and been on the run for 18 years. That same year, Bass went after the famous Cherokee outlaw, Ned Christie, and Bass and his posse caught up with the outlaw, cornered him, cornered him in his cabin, burned the cabin down, but the outlaw still evaded capture somehow. And I don't know if he was ever captured. I, I didn't, I couldn't find that, but I was like, ah, foiled. So close. And in 1896, unfortunately, Nellie passed away in Fort Smith, his wife. The next year, Bass was transferred to the Muskogee Federal Court in Indian Territory. Indian Territory, a.k.a. Oklahoma. And in 1900, he married his second wife, Winnie Sumter. I love that name, Winnie. It's weird to think that Oklahoma wasn't a state till, until the 1907, 20th century. I think. Yeah. I think it was 1907 when Oklahoma became a state because we're actually going to talk about it. Oh, cool. So the stories of Bass Reeves are almost all tall tales at times. Like they're just so like, like you said, it's like the movies. And are something straight from the Wild West. But one of the toughest hunts of his time occurred in 1902 when a warrant was served for his own son's arrest. And the story goes that Bass had just delivered two outlaws to U.S. Marshal Leo Bennett in Muskogee, Oklahoma, and arrived to the terrible news that his son had an arrest warrant. Um, his son Benny had been charged with murder 
after killing his wife in a fit of jealous rage. The warrant had been lying on Leo Bennett's desk for two days, but the other men were kind of reluctant to take any action on it. They're like, well, this is Bass's son. What do we do? Do we wait for him? And he came through. And although shaken, Bass requested to take responsibility for finding and apprehending his own son. And two weeks later, Bass arrived with his son in tow and delivered him to Leo Bennett. And his son was tried, convicted, and sent to Leavenworth Penitentiary in, Penitentiary in Kansas. After serving 11 years, though, and with a citizen's petition and an exemplary prison record, Benny was pardoned, and he lived the rest of his life as a model citizen without any issue, being very quiet. So, I think one of our previous old-timey outlaw people spent time in Leavenworth. Oh, really? I think it was Leavenworth. I think it was a big prison, so I, probably so. I can't remember which one it was. It was probably the guy who got out all the time, which oh, yeah. was all of them. I remember, yeah, they all were like, oh, you can't get me. It's so easy. It was so easy to escape. Leavenworth might have been the one where uh, I can't remember if it was Jelly Bean or Slaughter. Um, mm-hmm. They they got in good with the warden or whatever. Yeah. And they're like, hey, prisoner, why don't you go run an errand for me outside the prison? And they just never came back. Okay. <laughs> Wink. And that was it. It was so easy to escape. They let you go. They let you go. So, in 1907, law enforcement was assumed by state agencies, which is when states, Oklahoma became a state, and that's why it was taken over by state agencies. And Bass's time as a federal deputy marshal came to an end. During his time as a deputy marshal, despite being shot at multiple times, including having his belt and his hat shot off on two separate occasions, Bass was never injured on the job, which is crazy to think about. At 68 years old, Bass's next, Bass next took up a job as a patrolman for the Muskogee Police Department. And during his two years that he served in this role, it was said that there were no crimes on his watch. Because nobody wants to mess with Bass Reeves. Bass finally retired in 1909 as Bright's disease got the better of him. And I had to look up what this was because I'd never heard of it. It's basically an antiquated term for acute or chronic nephritis which was characterized by swelling and the presence of albumin in the urine, which is a protein and frequently accompanied by high blood pressure and heart disease or cardiomegaly. Um, So it's something that probably could be treated today. It also said that um, diabetics, it it was seen with diabetic people a lot back in the day. Um, So it's probably something that could be treated better nowadays. Um, But people still do have this problem. It's just not called Bright's disease anymore. Um, uh, so Bass Reeves did die on January 12th, 1910, and is buried in the Union Agency Cemetery in Muskogee, although it's not documented which grave is his, which I thought was interesting. Um, I wonder if it was always not documented or if know. it's like... The, lost to time. Yeah, lost yeah. to time or just like even like the headstone maybe has deteriorated to mm. the point you can't tell, yeah. perhaps. I thought, but it's almost like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not really sure why or what or but it's kind of weird to think about somebody so larger than life, like almost just a fictional character. It feels like that they died, but I guess every, every legend is mortal, I guess. I mean, not to spoil later, but, uh, he got a pretty good, uh, sized little monument there in Fort Smith. Yeah. We're going to talk about that. So his lengthy obituary described him as quote, absolutely fearless and knowing no master, but duty. Over his 35 years serving as a U.S. Deputy Marshal, Bass sealed his place in history as one of the most effective lawmen that ever were, bringing in more than 3,000 outlaws and helping to tame the lawless territory. 
Although he killed 14 men over his years of service, he stated that he never shot a man when it was not necessary for him to do so in the discharge of his duty to save his own life. I mean, if you're bringing in three thousand over 3,000, yeah. like some of those guys out in uh, Indian territory, they're going to be pretty trigger happy, I bet. 100%. And so, and he, I mean, he was always described as courteous and a good, good, good guy. So it was, I mean, probably he had no choice but to do that to save his life. He said that uh, the most people he ever brought in at one time was 19 horse thieves that he captured in Fort Sill. And when the notorious female outlaw Belle Starr heard that Bass had a warrant for her arrest, she, t- she simply just turned herself in. So I give, I tap out. Exactly. Many argue that Bass Reeves was an inspiration for the character The Lone Ranger. And this was due to the sheer mass volume of outlaws he brought to justice and the fact that he was never injured, just like the Lone Ranger. Incidentally, many of the outlaws Bass brought in were brought to Detroit House of Correction, which is the same city where the radio station WXYZ would begin the broadcast of the Lone Ranger show. So I thought that was interesting. Um, Multiple characters in different shows and movies are based on Reeves. Like so many, like there are comic books, there are movies, there are books, there are TV shows. And not only is it like, like explicitly like this is Bass Reeves, a character, but some are like based on Bass Reeves as well. And it it says, so it's like this character is based on Bass Reeves. So, I mean, he has like such a legendary, like he's such a legend in history. It's just overwhelming how many people are based off him. I mean, there's a movie coming out in 2021 where the character of Bass Reeves will be will be featured. So it's, I mean, it's pretty incredible. And for a a black man, a black deputy to be the first black deputy west of the Mississippi to be so inspirational like this in a time, especially back then where people were heavily discriminated against. I I mean, not that sometimes it's still like that today, but anyways, I thought it was just such an incredible story. I mean, civil rights act didn't come into play until the 1960s. So hundred years later, almost we were a ways off from a, at least ending legal yes. discrimination, yes. but you know. Yes. So I thought this was an incredible story. And like you said, in Fort Smith, there sits a statue of Bass Reeves upon a presumably white stallion, hat upon his head and rifle in hand, gazing into the, the distance, ready to courageously serve a lawless territory and bring safety to the land. And that's the story of Bass Reeves. Bass Reeves sounds pretty badass. Yeah. I mean, 14 people, he killed 14 people. Yeah. So we got people dead. That's true. We did it. Yes. There was murder in there, but it was, um, but it was not, a, it was. And also his son did murder his wife. That's true. It's true. That was just regular murder. Not this is in the line of duty. I got to do this. That's true. Or else. Yes. So I guess, okay. We, we got held, one. We held up to the name. We're good. We're good. Yeah. Not like whichever one we didn't. Uh, I forget. There was some, there was one where nobody died. I can't oh, think which one. Oh, it was Christy from Fort Smith. Uh, yeah. Christy okay. from, uh. Was it Fort Smith? No. It might have been, actually, now that you mention it. Um, Yeah. So, yeah, there's a story. Hope you liked it. Yeah, why don't you, um, first of all, guess how many Star Wars is? Two. While you look that up. Two. Uh, You're wrong. It's just one. It's the Bad Batch. Okay. How's it going? Uh, It's still still pretty good. Okay. Nothing has happened where I'm like, nope, not on board anymore. Okay. All right. Mike, the worst was that episode where, um, where it was like the Bad Batch themselves were in it for like 30 seconds, but that was still like a good episode, mm-hmm. though I'm not sure anybody would care unless they had seen Rebels because it was a character from Rebels. 
that it followed. Oh, okay. Um, I'm still looking, by the oh, way. Oh, you're still looking? Yeah, it doesn't say on our show description, so I have to go back and look on my computer. Oh, my gosh. Anyway. Um, yeah, Christy, I think, is... Well, somebody... They, they did... Uh, the guys who abducted her, they had committed a murder, didn't they? Oh, yeah, they did kill somebody. There's one you did, though, where nobody died nobody at all. died. Which one was that? Uh, somebody tell us which one it was. <laughs> Somebody's out there like yelling at us because they yeah. probably just listened to it. It was this one. They're like, you idiots. What's wrong with you? Why don't you remember anything about your show? We don't be so mean. Um, Christine, trying to Larry figure Porter this Chisholm. out. Was it Larry Porter Chisholm? I think it was Larry Porter Chisholm because they, they did try to kill that police officer, but yeah. he survived the gunshot. That's what it was. And Chisholm got away and all that stuff. It was Larry Porter Chisholm. It was that show. Nobody died. Episode 66. Check it out. It's a pretty wild story. It's a good one. That's a good one. Oh, let's see. Um, what do I have to talk about, Andrew? I think I talked about my most exciting thing that's happened lately. That's um, for sure. That's all we led with it. Got a pretty ring. Um, uh, Rodney Alcala, which is a very famous serial killer. He was, some of you might know him as the dating game, the dating show killer. Uh, he was from the 70s. He appeared on a, an episode of the dating game, the dating show, something like that. Um, he appeared on an episode of that and actually won that episode, won that show to get a date with the lady. And then it came time for the lady to go on a date and she was like, mm, no, you're weird. Uh, so good for her. Uh, but anyway, Ronnie Alcala died this weekend. 70 said of natural causes he died. So yeah, world's a little better of a place without him. I mean, it's not worse without him. You know, it's also a little better that. That yeah, speck sure. of evil isn't in the world. I mean, he's in prison. I'm not not too worried about it. It's not 1901 or whatever. <laughs> well, I'm just glad he's gone. He 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 was a blight. People like that are blights. There's there's a wrestler who has horrible pneumonia right now from the COVID. Uh, they said it's not COVID related. Mm, suspicious. What's, it's um RSV. It's uh what's it called? It's the pneumonia where you get something in your lungs, like food or something. Gets, Aspiration pneumonia. That's what it's called. Hmm. He's got that. Is he is he 80 years old? He's like almost 40. Aspiration pneumonia happens a lot with old people. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how this happened. Unless he got like totally blackout drunk, puked and choked on his puke some. He doesn't I don't think he drinks. Hmm. He is like ridiculously shredded. That's weird then that that somebody so young would would have aspiration pneumonia. That's it, that's odd. Yeah, I just bring it up cuz um he's been out so long that he's he missed his uh, main event show he was supposed to do in the Tokyo Dome, but uh, they got a replacement. I suspect COVID. <laughs> I suspect COVID. I mean, I'm sure they suspected it as well. I suspect. Because it's been a while. They were like... Exactly. I suspect Well, I mean, COVID. it was a while after. They're like, he's sick and we don't quite know. It's and, COVID. And we have... Co- they've had COVID issues before in New Japan, so... Oh, they would have. They would have said... The Olympics are going on right now. Yeah, I don't care. Uh... John is an avid Olympic watcher, and even his friend, his best friend, was here yesterday. He had a surprise little party here at the house whenever we got back after he proposed to me. Yeah, I was supposed to be here, but I was sick. Somebody was dying of food. I'm poisoning. still not feeling great, but you know, <laughs> we had some cake left over from it. And I, Andrew, got here. I was like, "Hey, you want a piece of cake?" You're like, "No, it's all I can do to eat this very bland sandwich." <laughs> I didn't even finish a sandwich. Oh, you didn't? No, oh, it's no. it's in the fridge now. What did you get? You got Jimmy John's. Did you get a Pepe? No, I don't. I got the something club, Billy Club. I think. Oh, okay, okay. Which I've gotten before. I, 
I just don't have any appetite. Yeah, that's which is weird because I usually have too much appetite. I feel that. It, I feel that. Um, but it's anyways. John's friend Peter was here, and he's like, he's like, man, this guy really loves you if he is skipping out on watching any of the Olympics. So, so I mean, he is an avid Olympian. I feel really bad. I was like, I'll stay up. I'll watch the uh, opening ceremonies with you. That was boring. He said it was the most boring one he's ever seen. The worst is like I watched a little bit of uh, skateboarding. And was it's, Tony Hawk? Was he there? I don't think Tony Hawk's participating. He's so old now. He's like I in his fifties or sixties. I bet he is. If he's there, he's not skateboarding. I'm gonna guess he is. Um, no, that's a young man's game, and he's an old man now. I'm gonna look. He's qu- his peak was like late nineties, early two thousands. It's been twenty years, Caitlin. He's S- old. Skateboarding legend Tony Hawk shreds new Olympic venue. He probably was not a participant. Skaters I don't believe Skaters debut it. at inaugural Olympics. Don't, I refuse to believe that Tony Hawk, the oh, Birdman. Oh, wait. Okay. Hawk is in Tokyo to work as a commentator for American Broadcast. What did I tell you? For NBC. I could see that. Uh, he's a, he's a, he knows skateboarding. He is the most popular, famous yes, skateboarder yes. ever. And he's, he's fairly charismatic. Yeah. He'll be hosting skateboarding and BMX cycling events. So, cool. Yeah. I don't know. I don't so that's watch. new this year, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I don't cool. watch a lot of Olympics. Sometimes I'll catch stuff and it'll be like, you'll get excited because you're watching like a really close race in swimming or something. You yeah. get really into it. Uh, I'll tell you the worst Olympic sport. You would think it'd be awesome, but it's very boring. What? Fencing. Oh, yes. I can see that. You would think like, oh, cool. Sword fights. No, it's, they go, and poke them. That's a point. Yeah. Poke them. Point. That's it. Boring. U.S. took gold in that, in the women's division. In fencing? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Good, good for mean, them. Good for her. She's the best fencer in the world or whatever. I think gymnastic, gymnastics is interesting to watch because it's like, how do you do that with your body? I can barely walk. Yeah. Some of these, some of them are just, it's unreal. Yes. Especially Simone Biles. Yes. yes. Uh, some of the stuff she does, it's like, I just don't understand how the human. Physics. What's crazy is like you watch old videos of like, yes. you see the progression. It's like humanity is like figuring out the limits over and over again. Yes. You see it in, um. Uh, People call it like weird gymnastics or whatever, but like wrestling, you watch like the people who were considered the high flyer wrestlers, mm-hmm. like Jimmy Snuka, the famous murderer. Um, he he would like jump off the turnbuckle and do a little splash. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. Nowadays, you got guys doing a six thirty rotation yeah. on it. It's like it's I literally, wild. I literally watched. Um, it was from like early like the 40s or 50s gymnastics and like these girls were like on the bars on the what, what, the high low bars i'm talking about i think it might just be called that i'm not sure well, uneven bars yeah is that yeah what it is? yeah and it's like they jumped from one to the other and they did a flip and they did a flip and then they flipped to dismount and they stuck it and everyone was like yes <laughs> and now it's like people are doing like literally flying off of those and doing like blah, 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 spins and twists yeah, i mean it's, it's crazy it's crazy i think part of it is just like you see somebody do the best ever mm-hmm. You're like, well, somebody wants to be the best more than that. And then they just start younger knowing that that's a possibility or whatever, I guess. I don't know. So in in walks Simone Biles there. So, yeah, it's pretty incredible. The feat of um, athleticism that some humans pull off. I am not one of those people. Mm, Me neither. Um, So I, (laughs) I, I've been like, so I, 
I I am in a in a hole right now okay. lately, or have been. Okay. Uh, so I like spent my week watching uh, Bo Burnham's Inside again. Love it. I love. I watched it like three or four times already. Love it. Listen to it all the time. And I also watched End of Evangelion, which is a really horribly depressing. Yeah. That's the one that you said it's like. Yeah, or at least I saw somebody say I don't necessarily agree with that. Okay. But. I watched both of those multiple times. Dude, are you... Are I needed you, to not do that. Why do you Why do you want to be so sad? I don't sad? know. I, I know. I was thinking about this because I was like... I woke up one day and I was like, I just need to not? Like, yeah. why am I doing this to myself? It's like mental self-harm or whatever. So yeah. I was just like... I don't know. I was like I was depressed and I was just wallowing in it for some reason. Yeah, you need to tone it down a little bit. So I was like, I got to get away from those and you do something happy. different. So what uh, do you do? One of the things I started doing, I actually started doing it before. I was like, I'm going to I'm gonna lift myself back up. I got to mm-hmm. get back out there. Mm-hmm. started playing this video game called Celeste. Mm-hmm. And it is this really hard game. Oh, it's good. A that two- sounds great. <laughs> it's a 2D platformer, but it's not like super, well, it's pretty hard in parts. Mm-hmm. But all you have to do is like get past one screen at a time. Mm-hmm. And when you die or fail or whatever, it respawns you immediately at the beginning. Of oh. this, of that one screen that oh, you were on. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, so it's like you're not going to lose a lot of progress. Okay, cool. So you can just be like, "Crap, I failed! Crap, I failed! Crap, I failed!" Oh, I see you want to do. Crap, I failed. So it's kind of like if, a puzzle game, kind of. Almost. Mm-hmm. There are definitely parts where I'm just like, I gotta like, I don't even know how to progress here. Mm-hmm. It's it's big on like jumping around and stuff. Okay. And it's kind of coincidental that I started playing this game because. The whole story is about confronting anxiety and depression and being a better person. No, it's not. It is. How funny. Uh, one of the other characters is literally like the dark version of yourself who oh. sometimes chases you down. It's what? like you're trying to, the story is like trying to climb this mountain essentially. Mm-hmm. And she's just like, you can't do it. What are you doing? Why are you even trying? No. And, so, <laughs> and it's also, again, climbing a mountain, metaphors for getting over stuff. Yeah. <laughs> It's really weird. Um, wow, that is weird. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I have got. To be. I I got to a part where I'm really like, I don't know if I can do this part. Hard. But then it just makes me think of the part in the game. I'm going to spoil a part of it. I don't care. None okay. of y'all, none no, of y'all are going to play nobody's it. Nobody's playing it. None of you people are going to play this. And there's a part where you fall off the mountain completely. Oh. And your character's just like, I guess she's right. I can't do it. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so then you have to like pick yourself up and get back up Keep there going. and confront your dark version of yourself which was a real son of a bitch of a thing to do in that game <laughs> yeah there were some parts where i was like you this is horrible yeah but uh it's very good it's really weird that i'm playing it right now mm, that is weird um i have i have considered there is an assist mode where it makes it <laughs> easier because there's a part where I sh- i'm like i don't even know what i'm supposed to do uh-huh. but i don't want to do that caitlin i gotta keep going i gotta keep fighting but you know what it's okay to accept help too I know, right? I helped that one dude in that game. Okay. Well, it's also okay for you to accept help. I'm saying. As your character. From the, it's okay for you to accept the assist. It's okay. Yeah. It's okay. It's okay. I might. Well, I, I like turned on the assist cause, uh, so I could get back to that part. I keep, we I keep accident- saying assist, and that's the name of one of our pieces of equipment in the cath lab. And that's all I can, It's like, Ooh. you're like, I keep turning on the assist, and I was like. Eh. I only turned it on once because okay. I was like, I just wanted to get past that one part because it was really difficult. Mm-hmm. I just want to get back to the part I was at mm-hmm. so I could then stare at it and go, I don't know what to do now. Yeah. But I don't want to give up. The old lady told me not to and whatever. There you go. But uh, you yeah. You can do it. Also, since uh, I am like trying to not be 
wallowing in depressing media, I watched season two of I Think You Should Leave, which is a comedy sketch show. I think you, with Tim yeah. Robinson. Tim Robin, I forget his name. Uh, there's some. It's the guy very from the funny. Shawshank Redemption. No, no, Tim that's Robin. Tim Robbins. Oh, okay. Uh, it's there's a lot. It's like every other sketch show. There's okay. some stuff that's like the funniest thing ever, and then stuff stuff you're mm. just like, sure mm. wish these five minutes would go away now. You're like, yeah, oh, that was boring. But it's very funny. Like there's the part where um, he's getting heckled on the road. And mm-hmm. They're like, you can you even drive? And he's like, no, I can't. <laughs> I don't understand how any of this works. There's a lot of better stuff. But he had to be there. <laughs> yeah, it's very funny. Uh, more importantly, Amazon Prime put just now, like the other day, uh-huh. put on Garth Marenghi's Dark Place. What, what is this? It is one of the best TV shows I've ever watched. It used to be on YouTube for free, and I think it is still. Uh-huh. It's only six episodes. I guess it wasn't popular enough for anybody to be like, can Let's we copy? Let's yeah. copyright strike that. Why do they have that on YouTube for free? Yeah. It's on Amazon if you want to watch it there. It's basically a fake TV show. Mm-hmm. And it's about this uh, this guy who is this, he's like a schlock horror writer. A what? Uh, a horror writer, and the stuff he writes is bad, essentially. Oh, okay. Schlock. And he's like this delusional creator. He thinks he's like the smartest, mm. best guy ever. Mm. And so the whole concept is like his show never actually aired. And so he's gone back and he's like, they're finally ready to have this show air. Because uh, before, back in the 80s, it was too raw. Okay. It's very, it's one of the funniest things I've ever watched. Um, there's a part where he gets like, like the whole, you get you watch the show itself, uh-huh. which is the fake show, Dark Place. Okay. Which he created. Okay. And then there's like behind the scenes interviews with the people and they're all, they're all delusional as well. Oh, good. Uh, it's very funny though. Um, there's like, if you've ever seen anything or heard a line from it, it is when he says, I know lots of writers who use subtext and they're all cowards. Never heard it. There's also the part where he's, he's like. If you think, if you think I'm a bad writer, then you're an idiot, and I feel sorry for you. <laughs> he's like, everything I write, it's about it has a meaning, it has themes, and sometimes the theme is simple, like don't genetically engineer crabs to be as big as men. Okay, I can get behind that. It's like also like very poorly acted. The sound is all like messed up. Like everything is overdubbed. This like this sound, talking, I don't. I'm. This doesn't sound funny. I don't think you would like it. Oh, okay. Uh, it it does. takes a more refined audience. <laughs> That's right. You just like subtext because you're a coward. Yeah. Um, but it's all intentionally bad. And it's very, but it's very funny the way it's done. Hmm. And again, it's this schlock horror, terrible, low budget show that they made. And it, they're just like, yeah, you know, this this is about prejudice and and themes. <laughs> it's like, it's, no, shut up. It's, it's, it's so not. funny. It's so funny. Um, uh, I, what you got? There's mind? like. Yeah, there's like just like they they'll constantly like have the framing of a scene set up wrong, which is very funny. So like people shuffle around. Also, the main guy is the he stars, writes, directs the show. So he's like, I'm the best in everything in the show, (laughs) which is also very funny because there's another guy who's like, "Uh, you always get the girls over me. (laughs) Just stupid stuff like that. Yeah, you have to be there. Um. The only people I recognize from it are Richard Ayoade, however you say his name, Mm-mm. and Matt Berry. They're like 
British comedian people. Mm-mm. You might rec- they're both from the IT crowd, so you may have oh, seen okay, them. Okay, okay, yeah. Wait, the Richard. Uh, he was Moss. Is he from New Zealand? I, I don't remember. I don't think so. Okay. He's he's in a bunch of British comedy stuff though. Matt Berry. I don't know if you've ever seen him. Is he the him. tall guy? Uh, I don't remember being very tall. Ayode. Yeah, A Y O A D E. Richard Ayode. He plays a character who is um, the publisher of Garth Marenghi's books. I, re- I recognize him. He yeah. looks like. Why well, I asked about that? Because Ayode sounds Maori-ish, uh, oh. New Zealandish, and he kind of looks Maori-ish, and so that's what I was wondering. His his character is um, like the publisher for the books that Garth Marenghi would write, mm-hmm. and Garth is like, "You should be on this show as an actor." And he's like, "I'm not an actor." And like every scene he's in is just embarrassingly bad. <laughs> I'm not an actor. It's like he's pretty funny. He's dry. I like him. He's very funny. Who'd you say, Matt? Who? Matt Berry, B E R R Y. You may have seen him from like a GIF or something on <laughs> oh IT Crowd. He's in Matt Berry. He's in What We Do in the Shadows. Yeah. Okay. I say, is he in the movie or the show? No, he's in the show. Okay, I know he's in one of them. He's in the show. He's in a show called Toast of London, which I think is very funny. I don't think he would though. Uh, well, I do like I like British humor. I don't know. Check out Garth Marenghi's Dark Place. It's for you can get it on Amazon. Marenghi. Hey, look, he was like one of the first people that came up. Cool. Good for good for them. Yeah, he's not the writer. The writer's that other guy who wears the glasses. And Matthew he's Holmes? Like, maybe that's his name. I don't know his name, but he's like this delusional guy who makes himself the... Dr. Rick Daggle? Yes. Okay. That's his character in the Dark Place show. Okay. And his character for overall is Garth Marenghi. Matthew, I don't recognize him. It, this is the only thing I remember him from, mm, but okay. it's one of the funniest shows I've ever watched. You've never seen it, so you can't say. You're right, I can't. You're right. Uh, I don't know. I have a couple of things to talk about. All right, talk about your couple of things. I have one more okay. for later. Okay. First off, let's just talk about my colonoscopy, because everybody wants to hear about it, I'm sure. Um, uh, should I just like take my headphones out for this part? No, or? no, it's not. I had to have a col- From when I was in the hospital in April, I had to have a colonoscopy for that, and an EGD, a scope down my throat. And I, I didn't get a great report, but besides that, it was... <laughs> the prep for it you know you have to have a clean colon to do this and so you have to clean out your colon through medicine and it's disgusting and it's horrible and you have to have clear liquids the day before which is also just i wanted to die um but and the liquids can't be you can't have any like blue red or orange or purple and i was like so i can have yellow or clear great it's very exciting um and then the day of I was pretty nervous, uh, but let me tell you, the me- first off, the medicine they give you is the medicine that killed Michael Jackson, which is, it's fine, but it's because, yeah, it's fine, it's fine. It's in a controlled environment there, so it's totally fine, but let me tell you, I literally, they're like, okay, turn over to your left side really far, so I turned over, and I'm still clothed, like I'm fully clothed, and I remember looking at the clock, and I was like, okay, it's 1.02. I'm going to remember what time it is because I know what this medicine does. I know I'm going to forget. It's 1.02. It's 1.02. And then I was, and then that was it. That's the last thing I remember. And then I was waking up, and I was like, what year is it? <laughs> it was the best sleep I have ever gotten in my life. It was like I blinked, and it was done. I mean, I literally 
remember looking at the clock. It's 102. I remember what time it is. And then I woke up in recovery. And they're like, hey, are you awake? I was like, how long have I been asleep? How long have I been in recovery? Like, you've been here for like 30 minutes. You were pretty zonked. They gave you a lot of medicine. I was like, really? It's been 28 days later <laughs> and now there's zombies. It's a whole horror story. No, but that medicine was just, it was incredible. I don't know what I was nervous about because I remember absolutely nothing. But I, I do have some, so got some unfortunate, just some stuff to deal with later, but that'll be okay. I'll take it as it comes. Um, also, I have to tell you about this thing I experienced. Have you ever heard of a sound bath? No. I had not either. Well, my friend Lisa um, at work, she had a ticket for it, wasn't able to go. She was like, take my ticket please go. And I was like, ah, I don't really want you. She's like, please go. I I, I don't want to sit there for an hour and a half in the silence with this stuff. So what a sound bath is, I'd never heard of it. Is you know what? Like, um, healing sounds or like soothing sounds like where you hear like the, is it just like one of those like CDs you'd get from Hobby Lobby? Exactly. Not Hobby Lobby, but like... Wherever. Yeah. Lots of Walgreens you, somewhere. I mean, like, you know, like, uh, what did I call it? It's like, you know what I'm talking about? Like, it's just like soundscapes where it's yeah, just like... Yeah, I think that's the it's just right like, sound. It's just like uh, chimes and like a wooden flute and like, you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, like uh, the kind of thing Gabe made on kind, the office. <laughs> kind of, except there was no words. It was all sounds. And it's like those like whirling like metal bowls that they like world it's like so is it something where you could just be like has a tone to it could you just sit in the bathtub and play a cd well it was not there was no water involved i mean i would set up in the bathtub so that the sound encompasses you yeah like if you're at home just get in a warm bath and just like turn off the lights put on some candles and anyways it was at this yoga studio and i was like felt very out of place because i'm not crunchy granola and but i walked in and my friend kevin was there kevin's burgers was there and I was like, whoa, Drew's husband, Kevin. Cool. You don't know. I've never met him. Oh, you haven't? Oh, no. okay. Well, anyways, but Kevin was there. I was like, oh my gosh, somebody I know, thank God. And then two of their friends, two that I know, two of group friends from their group of friends that I know were also there. And I was like, I am so happy there are people here that I know because I know nobody and I feel horribly out of place. And so I get this, I get on the yoga mat and I'm laying down and it's on a hardwood floor and it is not comfortable. And I'm like, I have an hour and a half of this. And I wish I would have gotten way more comfortable because my butt hurt the next day from laying on a hardwood floor, basically. But anyways, we get started. The guy is like, welcome, welcome to these healing sounds. I am whatever his name was. I'm going to be your guide today. And let me tell you, if you want to think of stereotypical crunchy granola, this guy was it. He had this very nice manicured beard. He had on white linen outfit, totally top and bottom white linen. He had long hair that was up in a bun, in a man bun. And he was being walking like he was walking on water, like he was gliding across the floor. And today you're going to here you're going to hear some sounds that might transport you to a different dimension another planet i want you to go there and i was like where am i what am i doing here and i was like oh no <laughs> i was like they're all gonna smoke like ayahuasca and like trip acid and sounds like you're being brainwashed it how i did if i I'm not kidding i did think this guy looks like charles manson i that thought went through my mind 
And he had a swastika on his face. It no, was weird. No, he did not. But he said it was the the old timey version the of peace it. One, yeah, the Irish thing or whatever it was. Uh, India. I don't know. But anyways, and so I was like, oh man, he's like, just close your eyes. And I brought an eye mask. Somebody told me to bring an eye mask. I wish they would have told me to bring a pillow and like a blow up mattress. That would have been a lot better. But anyways, I'm laying there and I'm not kidding. I listen to rain to fall asleep anyways, like rain's thunderstorm sounds. This guy starts like he has a gong that he is lightly doing and like the the whirling, whirring crystal bowls and the whirring metal bowls and, and the little flute and all these sounds in each time. I'm not kidding. Five minutes in, I was out. I like I slept for an hour and a half in that studio and I didn't know the girl next to me. We got finished and I was like, he was like, it's time to come around. Take your time. I finally got up and I was like, dude, I'm so sorry if I snored the whole time. <laughs> like I was, She was like, she kind of laughed and she was like, it was very light. It wasn't bad at all. And I was like, you're very kind for saying that. Thank you. Because I know it was like <laughs> probably the whole time. It was nice. It was a great hour and a half of, of uncomfortable sleep, though, because I could I would kind of come to and hear the sounds. And I was like, oh, yeah, soundscapes. Let's go. It was, it was very calming. It was actually, I actually enjoyed it. I make fun of it, but I would go again. Yeah. I do need sound. I don't have a, I should get like soundscapes to sleep well, to. But. I just, I just use, I can't say her name. It's the Amazon device. She can oh. hear me if I say it. I thought you changed it. So it won't. Uh, Alexa. Um, in the, in the other rooms, but in the oh. one in the kitchen is. Oh, okay. We record in the kitchen. So, um, yeah, usually because I always I just turn on Netflix and fall asleep to that. Uh, yeah, yeah. I I wonder if the si- so I always wake up. Uh huh. Um. So I haven't, I haven't been sleeping well lately, but yeah. I always wake up and it's at the. Do you want to keep watching? Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering if I just need to figure out something where the sound just never stops. Like, is it the silence that's somehow waking me up it from could my sleep? Be. Maybe it is. That'd be pretty wild. I have to wear earplugs to sleep in. I'm such a light sleeper. Try earplugs. See if it works. I can still hear the well, sound. It's, it's over the, the silence. I'm. I'm. But it's maybe messing me up. But maybe it's like me, where it's like your sound sensitive, so the silence is what wakes you up. But if you have earplugs in, I can still hear sounds. It's just I won't hear light sounds. And like little things to wake me up. It's not like dead silence. Try it out. See if it works. Maybe I will. Um, let's see here. Uh, last thing from me. Mm-hmm. I read a book okay. called A Wizard of Earth Sea. Did you like it? I liked it a lot. Well, I think you would like it. Okay. Um, first I, off. I like the title. First off, there is no mushiness. Yay. I haven't read the other books yet. A Wizard of Earth Sea? Yeah. And the auto... These books were um, ostensibly written for children. Oh. So, like, they're not, like, that difficult or that long like to read. teenager children? Uh, the author said it was for older children, okay. is what she says. Okay. But, like, she's like, ch- the way it's written, children and adults can enjoy it. And okay. pack, a lot of people say that. Kind of like Tolkien books a lot of okay. times. Okay, okay. Or Harry um, Potter? Sure, yeah. Okay. Um, like, I looked at the audiobooks. Mm-hmm. I read these with my, I read this with my eyes. Oh, you did? Okay. Um. The first two audiobooks, for sure, were listed as, like, six hours. Okay. So, you can, like, knock those out real quick. Yeah, that's very fast. Um, I can't speak to the other books about mushiness. I don't think oh, there's a lot er- of it. Earthsea is one word. Yes. Yes, it is. Okay. I see. I see it. There's, like, four or five books, I think. I see A Wizard of Earthsea, The Tombs of Atuan. Yeah, that's the second one. I, I just started that. I don't the, have much to say about it. The Farthest Shore. That sounds right. Um, te, te, tehanu. 
Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Tehanu, Tales from Ursi, The Other Wind. Oh, she's written a lot. Yeah. I think- Ur- Ursula K. Le Guin. Yes. She's written a lot. She's actually a very interesting person. Okay. Um, for instance, this book was written in like, came out in the 60s, like 1969, I think is when oh, it really? was published. Main character, not a whitey. Oh, interesting, right? Good for her. Um, apparently, she had to fight for that too. Really? They were like, nobody's going to want that. And now it's like a very popular book. Huh. Um, there's a lot of, uh, so the magic in their world it's based around knowing the true name of an object or a person. Okay, this is like something else I've read or watched. Well, this was first. Uh, so people get their their true name at puberty, but they don't go by that true name because if somebody knows that name, they can hold power over you. Okay, this is literally, I just watched or read something like this. Was it uh, Legends of Earthsea, that sci-fi <laughs> Uh, miniseries that was really terrible, apparently. Maybe. That she was not happy with. Oh, really? Um, no, she said, because one, they made the main character white. Oh, uh, that was the whole point. You missed it. That was, that was part of the point. Yeah. Uh. Um, but yeah. And oh, is she dead? I think she did die. Oh. Like, okay. Anyway. Um, and so, yeah. It's, so, like, the main character, his name is Sparrowhawk. Oh. That's his fake name, though. Oh. His true name is Ged, which is like only one other person knows it. Oh, okay. Or two people, actually. The guy who gave it to him and like a person he becomes really good friends with. It's no, like I, a sign I'll tell you, of, I'll tell you what this friendship. is like. What? It's like Mormons. Oh, is it? Yeah. I was watching, for some reason, ex-Mormon TikTok is all up on my algorithm, but I'm very fascinated by it, so it's fine. But uh they apparently get a name, a true name, whenever they hit puberty or something. But basically, it's like <laughs> there's a list, a rotating list, and it's like, all right, November seventeenth, it's gonna be whatever. November, oh, and so all weird. the ladies that come to date, you know, come to age on this date, they'll all be Angela <laughs> or whatever it is. You know, that's weird. I want. I wonder why. Do you know why? Do you remember why? No, no, it was weird. It was I was weirded out by it. But also, like the names of like every object have a true there's name. a true name to it and the true names are based on um what they were called by segoy i think oh, is how you say it what is that? who is i don't know what segoy is or what he, what he looks like but he's the one who wrote raised the islands of earth out of earth sea oh and that's where everybody lives and he spoke the names of everything in the old tongue oh. and so you have to know the words in the old tongue also yes she died in 2018 okay very recent yes she was um, born in 1929. Wow. And like they explain, uh, for instance, you can't just know the name of water and then control water in the sea. Mm-hmm. You have to name the, know the name of the, sea that water. sea, oh. that specific sea. Oh, okay. Because each sea, each river, each lake has a different name. Oh, wow. Okay. That's a lot of names. Yeah, it's pretty cool though. It, it was uh, Hainish universe, the Hainish universe. Is that right? Earthsea? Or, uh, Blue's American author best known for her works of speculative fiction, including science fiction works set in her Hainish universe. Science fiction the, is not what this is. In the Earthsea fantasy there you series. Go. Earthsea is what she's known for. Okay. The cycle of Earthsea. Wow, she was first published in 1959. Pretty she has impressive. quite a career. And um, also when you read it, there's lots of like other fictional names you will read mm-hmm. and you won't get to know anything about it. Or... They'll just drop little things of lore about stuff, mm-hmm. but not ever like properly explain it, which I think is very fun. 
Because like Maybe you can do some spinoff stuff from that. And she may have like I think they mentioned the tombs of Atuan in the first book. Oh, okay, okay. And that's the name of the second book. Um, yeah, it's pretty. I think you'll like that book. Hmm. I still haven't. I, like I said, I just started the second one, so I can't really speak to it. I'm interested. I you have me interested. This is this very much seems like your jam, especially no mushy, no mushy, lots of magic. All magic. It's about a boy who's a wizard and he goes to a school for wizardry. Oh my gosh, it's Harry Potter! I mean, the the ultimate evil he has to face off is linked to him in that first book. Dude, did so, J.K. Rowling get a lot of her... Uh, when I was looking at the Wikipedia article, because I was trying to remember stuff, mm-hmm. the, um, there, was, there was some other stuff I think that they were like, this is kind of... Oh, he gets scarred from that experience and that scar hurts when... When the shadow is around. Oh my gosh. She did get it. Oh my gosh. JK Rowling. Hack fraud confirmed. I'm going to see. Um, I'm going to look through here. I wish I could do a control F on my phone, but I don't know how to do that. Oh, what are you looking for? Harry Potter? And yeah. Thing? I'm kind of looking at like legacy to see if. There's there's like two film adaptations. There was a TV series, the one I mentioned earlier that she hated. Uh-huh. And there was a Studio Ghibli film and apparently she oh, did okay. not like it either. I don't she, she didn't like either of them? Nope. Hmm. Interesting. So, yeah. The, well, I am down to read that. I am. Yeah. Uh, oh, look. Oh, did you find the oh, part? Oh, I see Harry Potter. I think er, I think Laguin, Le- however you say her name, I think she talks mess about J- uh, uh, JK in there. She's oh, like, really? She's like, she's a good writer, but she's not original like everybody says or something <laughs> like that. Well, I mean, sounds like, I wonder if she did it now. I mean, how could you not? That's very... It's very similar. Yes, it very is. suspicious. Adaptations of her work. Yeah, she's Well, she has left quite a legacy. Holy cow. That's a big article. That's a big thing. She's a she's an interesting person, I think. But uh Cool. It, yeah, cuz she also like um it the fantasy, it's not built around like we're going to do a big war now. Like I don't think any of her books are like that because she's like that's not what this is about. She's just walking through the universe doing some stuff. Yeah, it's about the characters. It's not about I'm cool with that. I yeah. like characters. I like to connect with the characters. Yeah. Ged- if I don't feel like I've connected with a character, I'm not into that book. Yeah. I like this Ged character so far. Again, cool. only read one book. And the second book, I'm like two chapters in and he hasn't been mentioned yet. Oh. Because they're doing backstory on some other people oh. who have their own, they have their own lore stuff going on at the tombs of Atuan. That sounds very deep. Yeah. It's very cool. Cool. Like, oh, they have, like, this whole thing in that second book where there's, like, I get it's, like, whatever religion that these people are part of, or cult even, I think they're straight-up cultists, they're like, oh, one of the ladies in the cult died. Now, we have to look at all the records of who was born on that day, and we have to go and figure out which one of them is that reincarnation of that lady and stuff. Oh, Lord. It's so crazy. That is crazy. Um, She is the nameless one. Which is very interesting in a world of names. <gasps> Ooh. I don't know how that plays out, but that sounds cool. Yeah, it does. Cool. I'm I'm here for that. Um, also, real quick, uh, cause we're running out of time, let's talk about Loki. Loki finished. What did you think? I liked it. Best TV Marvel so far. I liked it too. Um, I would say honestly, probably Loka Loki, WandaVision, Winter yeah. Soldier. That's where Captain I would Winter go. Soldier. Yeah. Um, Agents uh, of Shield. Oh, see, I never lower. <laughs> but uh, I like the magic, the magic part of Loki. And it's really, yeah. I mean, it's setting up for, there will be a season two of Loki. Spoilers, by said. the way. We're just going to straight up spoilers. Oh, yeah. 
There will be a season two of Loki, it said at the end credits. Yeah, that was cool. I did not know they were doing that. I didn't either. So that's cool. Um, I heard that um, Sylvie won't be back. I heard that. I don't know if that's true or not. Cannot confirm. But I heard she will not be back in the second season. But all of this is definitely between all the mind stuff like um, WandaVision, uh, Doctor Strange. Uh, the Multiverse of Madness. Yes. It's beginning. And then what is the new Spider-Man movie called? Uh, no Way Home. And so that kind of somebody was like, oh, well, it's because he's stuck in the multiverse or something. And then of, and then, of course, now you have Loki <gasps> with all his magic. What if they do multiverse and uh, they just kick? Tom Holland Spider-Man out of the MCU and now he's stuck in the Venom universe that Sony started up. So is Venom separate from Spider-Man? Yeah. I liked Venom. I really liked it. Uh, it's kind of whatever on I thought it. it was funny. I was not expecting it to be funny and it was kind of funny. Yeah, it was okay. I like that part where you jumped in an aquarium and just had at it. Yeah. Just eating. But yum, yeah. yum, yum. Uh, two best parts of Loki. Mm-hmm. All came like towards the end. Yes. There's the part where you see the Thanos helicopter, the famous Thanos helicopter. Why is that famous? Because it's goofy and oh. weird. It's like, because it's from a long time ago before Thanos was like as big a deal as he eventually became. Oh. And he's like, it shows him flying around a little yellow helico- helicopter in a comic book and it's got Thanos written on it. Oh. <laughs> Just big letters. Okay. I was wondering where that came from because I did see the helicopter. I was like, it says Thanos on it. He even like, like he gets taken down. He's not a galactic threat the way he is later. Huh. That's weird. And then also the part where, uh, what, what did I hear him called? Loki Dial, when he bites off uh, President Loki's hand. Oh, yeah, that was good. good. Stuff. That was good. All I, of that was good stuff. I loved classic Loki a lot. And I loved yes. him when he was like building that whole city. And now, so, and John made the point, he was like, well, now our Loki knows what he's capable of. He's been taught how to enchant. Now he's been shown that you can literally create a whole city like from your mind. And he's, so, also, he's also learned that he can kiss himself. Even it's true that you're funny. So, I mean, it's like it's setting him up for Loki to be quite the character, you know, that to reprise roles in quite a significant way as quite, you know, especially if him and Wanda team up with Doctor Strange, you got some serious mind power going on there. Or if they all fight each other. That would be intense. So who knows? I think it's leading up to something like that. Something mind uh, cerebral. I think they said Wanda's going to be in Multiverse of Madness. Yes. So I bet Loki is too. Calling it now. Potentially. Or maybe they just wait for season two of of the show. I think Loki's going to be in it. But how does he come back around? Because, I mean, Thor watched him die. So it's like, so this is this Loki going to come back and take that spot? Like, uh, how's that going to work? This is the fun part of a multiverse. Yeah. You can do whatever you want. Yeah. You can do whatever you want now. Yes. To some extent. They've supposedly like... Marvel Studios is like laid down the law and be like, this is what you can and can't do because they don't want it to get too wild. It's going to get crazy. Yeah. You can but literally. Yeah. That's why I was like excited about stuff with uh, DC and they're just like, you know what? We're not even going to try anymore with the shared stuff because we, we blew it and it's yeah. really difficult yeah. as shown by everybody else who has failed. Yeah. Um, but I was like, yeah, it's cool. Like, uh, I didn't love that Joker movie, but it's cool. They made that Joker movie. Yeah. Like it's a separate thing. And this Batman, maybe that'll tie in with that Joker, but I don't really care if it does. It's okay if they're separate entities. Yeah. To enjoy separately. Uh, maybe I'm just okay with that because I've read plenty of comics. Yeah. I've read like people's origin stories 10 different ways, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. like every few years they're like, let's redo the origin story. Yeah. So I think it's setting up for a nice, uh, a nice little come together there. And it didn't devolve into just a big laser battle like everything else. That's true. That's 
the thing I disliked the most about one division was when it just like, You're like ah, this is it's just another battle. It's just like yeah, this is like it's just there generic. Was, there was no real big battle, really. Nope. Also, they defeated the a a a loth alioth. How do you say the 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 big cloud? Oh yeah, they yeah, defeated yeah, that yeah. with cunning rather than doing space lasers shooting at them. And they're yeah, they're cunning. They're in their powers. Yeah, it was it was interesting the way they did that. It was interesting. And classic Loki man, he really he really took it out, hit it out of the park there. Good job. Yeah, I love his ridiculous outfit. Outfit where yeah. he looks like some guy from like I don't know who's doing Shakespeare comics. in the park. Yeah, like, he looks ridiculous. He looks like a it's is that great. what his comic original comic? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. He so, looks. He looked like that. Yeah, this that was really funny. Classic Loki. Yeah, I'm, I'm. I'm especially liking that they're getting better at doing like not necessarily classic Loki, which I love that they did that, but a lot of times they're they're doing better with getting closer to the comic book looks without it looking bad. Because mm-hmm. sometimes it can look a little a little hokey. Yeah. Like I didn't think. Uh, Wanda's looked very good, honestly. I liked it. But I always thought she looked weird in the comics, so maybe it doesn't matter. I liked it. I liked when uh, Quicksilver had his... Yeah, that was fun. The fake Quicksilver, whatever. That whole thing. That was another thing. I was like, why Why did you do that? Yeah, that one was a bit forced. But But I liked his costume. Yeah. And um, who else? Oh, I was really mad. X-Men like backed off of doing that. At the end of... uh, Which one was it? I think it was Apocalypse. Mm. They're like... (laughs) They like were all in very X Men comic book looking outfits. Yeah. And then the next one, they're like, nah. We'll go back. We'll go back. I think it might have been Days of Future Past they did that. Mm. But yeah, I was like, no, we're going to go back to like, they're just wearing regular clothes or black leather. Like, cool. Yeah. Well, that's about all I got. Me too. I'm going to read Tombs of Atuan. Listen, tell me how it is. I'm very interested in that. I have a credit. I might actually like physically read it though. Yeah, they're not very long. Uh, I think I looked at it, it was like 200 pages again yeah this six, is only six hours so. six hours for audiobook no, like that's nothing. nothing yeah um okay i think that's it it is for me it is for me and it's too bad none of you can ever know my true name because i don't trust none of y'all i don't trust none of y'all okay pointing at caitlin i don't trust none of y'all <laughs> that was so aggressive um okay Guys, thanks so much for tuning in. We appreciate it. This has been Paint the Town Dead. We probably next week won't have an episode because I'll be out of town. That's very potentially true. Yeah, so just a heads up. I'll be out of town, so probably won't have an episode um, until the following week. It means there's more time for me to either work on the episode or procrastinate on the episode. You should do one of the episodes that you said you're going to read a book for. Maybe. I, I challenge you. Maybe I should. Okay. Okay, guys. This has been Painted Out Dead. We drop episodes whenever we feel like it. <laughs> maybe On a Tuesday. Maybe not. Usually a Tuesday. Yeah. A Tuesday. Usually a Tuesday. I don't know. You get notifications on your phone when yeah, it drops. So I, yeah, it's fine. It's fine. So, guys, thanks for tuning in. We appreciate it. Um, you can catch us on Instagram, Paint the Town Dead. Facebook, Paint the Town Dead. Wait, I'm doing it backwards. Facebook, Paint the Town Dead. Instagram, Paint the Town Dead. All one word. Twitter, pttdpod, and you can email us at pttdpod at gmail.com. We also have a TikTok that we've done absolutely nothing with, but you can follow us on there if you'd like to. Um, we Please be sure to subscribe on anything you can. Rate five stars anything you can. Like anything you can. Share anything you can. Any interaction you have with us helps us, and we greatly appreciate it. Um, and yeah, that's a, that's a, so that's about it. We drop episodes when we feel like it. Maybe a Tuesday, hopefully a Tuesday. 
We'll see. Ideally. Ideally a Tuesday. A Tuesday of Atuan. Okay. Is that, the next episode. Mm, I don't like that. Um, but guys, thanks again for stopping by and for supporting us. We greatly appreciate it. And we'll see you later. Goodbye. Like, like and subscribe if you liked my terrible pun. Yes. Or, other, or also Even not. if you don't like it, please do. If, if you didn't, If you didn't like it then you really need to subscribe (laughs) and get more of these puns. That's right. All right, guys, have a good week. We'll talk to you later. Bye.